This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman as well. Faced with an upswing in illegal border crossings, U.S. Customs and Border Protection closed several bridges and ports of entry on the U.S.-Mexico border. Immigration officials said there aren't enough border patrol agents to handle the numbers now crossing the border. The closure includes railroad bridges at Eagle Pass and El Paso, Texas. Nearly 45% of all rail cars moving to and from Mexico pass through this pair of bridges. BNSF and Union Pacific are asking the government to immediately reopen these locations. In a statement, UP said the company understands the humanitarian crisis but most migrants are not crossing the border on trains. Militant attacks on cargo ships on the Red Sea are sending freight rates skyward. As of Tuesday, rates were over $2,400 to move a container from China to the Mediterranean Sea. That's up 44% in the month of December. Major shipping companies are rerouting around the Cape of Africa to avoid the Suez Canal. The longer trip is estimated to cost an additional $1 million in fuel for a round trip between Asia and Northern Europe. Insurance costs also on the way up. 12% of the world's ocean traffic moves through the Suez Canal. Commercial shipping is certainly facing problems around the world. Tim Marsh, who is with Summit Commodities, calls this an unprecedented situation. You know, the Suez Canal and, 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 and some distress, some questions as to whether or not they'll be able to ship through there. The Panama Canal, of course, is running short on water from that large lake that they use to pump up, you know, you know to, to raise and lower the levels. And then, of course, uh, both the Mississippi uh, here recently and, and even uh, the Amazon are lower than, than normal. So it's kind of a, it's an unusual situation. It's I'd like to think it's temporary that uh, most of these things will return to a more normal state over time, but right now it's probably uh, contributing to you know, higher shipping rates and, generally speaking, a little lower price level for the commodities that we, that we ship overseas. In response to last month's federal appeals court decision, the EPA will restore the use of chlorpyrifos insecticides and agree to a science-based review. Chlorpyrifos will be labeled for nearly a dozen crops, including soybeans, sugar beets, wheat, and alfalfa. EPA banned the product in February 2022, which resulted in the legal action. In a statement, American Sugar Beet Growers Association President Nate Hultgren welcomed the return of chlorpyrifos, but said the EPA decision cannot undo the economic harm that resulted from its previous revocation. American Soybean Association Director Alan Meadows praised the process that now ensures a return to a fair, appropriate, science-based review of pesticides. Crop production costs likely to decrease for the 2024 crop year. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. University of Minnesota Extension Crops economist Ed Usset says figuring out input costs helps determine marketing plans. I'm looking at production costs 
in the year ahead is actually being, you know, I've worked through this with FinBin, some different databases. I think they're going to be modestly lower than a year ago. That's good. Interest rates are not good. But if you look at fertilizer and fuel and things like that, it's it's off from where it was a year ago. I tell every producer this. We, we, we say it till we're blue in the face. Know your cost of production get to know that. That becomes sort of a bright line for your marketing plan in the year ahead. It's sort of the first step in, in writing the marketing plan, and that gives you an idea where you want to start. Usit says right now, futures prices are below the average break-even costs. My challenge is I don't like pricing grain below my production costs, and I would argue that with uh, December 24 corn, somewhere around $5 a bushel, and November 24 soybeans, I think they're around 1270, 1275. That's below production costs. I have an idea of where I'd like to get started. Show me something closer to $5.40 on December corn to get me interested. Something over $13 in November soybeans to get me interested in next year. And uh, keep that in mind. Things happen. You know, it could happen quicker than we think if we're lucky. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Environmental Protection Agency has finally sent its final rule for permanent year-round sales of E15 to the White House Office of Management and Budget for its review. Eight states, including Minnesota and South Dakota, sought this change. EPA was supposed to complete this rule nearly a year and a half ago. OMB is expected to finalize and publish the rule within the next two to four weeks. The Biden administration adopting the GREET model for sustainable aviation fuel tax credits. Tyler Donaldson has more. The GREET model is a tool used for evaluating the energy and emission impact of transportation fuels that, according to American Farm Bureau Federation economist Betty Resnick, can lead to a tax credit for producers of sustainable fuels. The Department of Treasury issued guidance adopting an updated GREET model for tax credits for the sustainable aviation fuel, which were established in the Inflation Reduction Act. Producers of sustainable aviation fuel are eligible for a tax credit between $1.25 and $1.75 per gallon if the fuel reduces greenhouse gas emissions by at least 50% as compared to traditional jet fuel. Resnick says that the model should open a new market for the use of crop-based feedstocks in sustainable aviation fuel. So the adoption of the GREET model opens the door to the use of crop-based feedstocks such as soy and canola oil and corn ethanol to be used in sustainable aviation fuel. Aviation fuel is about a 36 billion gallon industry and that has the potential to be grown by America's farmers. It's another example of agricultural role in a climate smart future. I'm Tyler Donaldson and this is the Red River Farm Network. For the first time in history, Brazil has exported over 100 million metric tons of soybeans in a year. The previous record was just over 86 million tons. That was back in 2021. With very low Brazilian soybean prices, Chinese uh, and other importers are stocking up. Certified Angus Beef has launched a program to help producers market their product. CAB Director of Producer Engagement, Kara Lee, says this program aims to, add, to aid producers in direct-to-consumer marketing. Certified Angus Beef launched our Ranch to Table line extension, which um, is ultimately designed for members of the American Angus Association who are taking a very hands-on active role in direct-to-consumer beef merchandising. 
access to our branding at Certified Angus Beef. Um, and while we know that consumers have a heightened interest in knowing where their food comes from, this was actually a program that was not founded out of consumer demand, but rather out of producer demand. This will help highlight management decisions that elevate quality. Folks who have been very focused on quality beef um, from a genetics perspective, from a management perspective, um, who have the carcass data to back up their quality, they just wanted to be able to access our branding um, when when, when it was appropriate for them. So if we have producers who are interested in that Ranch to Table program, I would encourage them to visit cabcattle.com. Um, click on that tab under Get Involved to learn about the Ranch to Table program. Um, we are still requiring that those cattle be evaluated by an approved form of federal grading. And so you can look through the entire application there um, and learn more about the kind of questions we would ask of potential partners. Bird flu cases on Minnesota's turkey farms have slowed only four new cases reported in December thus far after a wave hit earlier this year, killing over 2 million birds. Nationally, 16 million birds have uh, uh, been depopulated by the virus since October. These numbers climbed to 75 million since the outbreak started in early 2022. 25 major farm groups have sent a joint letter to Congress in support of the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. In response to a threat from automakers, this bill would require all new vehicles to include AM Radio. The letter cites radio's ability to reach people during times of emergency. Over-the-air radio also provides valuable weather, markets, and agricultural information. The groups signing the letter include Farm Bureau, the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, and commodity groups representing corn, soybeans, wheat, sugar beets, and dairy. Brazilian farmers are delaying fertilizer purchases for the upcoming corn planting season. While the forecast is more favorable, uh, drought has impacted decisions. Soybean harvest in the country is already delayed. Mosaic told Reuters that they expect the safrina, the second crop corn production, to decline by 12% for this year's crop. Reporting agriculture's business, you're in tune with the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. U.S. Custom Harvester Secretary Mark Anderson says finding labor is the biggest challenge facing custom harvesters. Labor is our number one issue. You know, trying to find people to fill the seats to run the equipment and drive the trucks is our is a major issue. Um, a lot of our membership uh, depends on the H-2A program, which we're running into a lot of regulatory issues there uh, with the new uh, prevailing wage rates and as well as the new uh, proposed rules that uh, Department of Labor and Department of Homeland Security just came out with. It means we're either going to have to pay the, the workforce a lot more money or we're going to have to find you know, domestic workers or somebody else to fill that void. Low unemployment rates add to that challenge and uncertainty remains around the new H-2A program rules. It's, it's hard to find people when your state you know, unemployment rate is less than 3%. There's just nobody there to hire. It's because they're all either employed or not there. So we're part or sponsoring uh, NCAE's lawsuit, you know, against the wage rules, um, with the hopes that that will be able, you know, will have some success. But um, that's stuck in the court system, so we don't know. 
National Sunflower Association Executive Director John Sandbachen says the focus going into the new year will be on the Farm Bill. We're going to be very active in the Farm Bill once that gets going again after the first of the year. Uh, we have been very involved throughout the whole process. And, you know, for us as an association, we want to strengthen crop insurance and, you know, look at something like that would increase the subsidies so, so that producers could buy a higher level of coverage. Um, we're also looking at enhancing the reference prices. You know, when, you're, when you look at where they're at today, you know, they really don't reflect, you know, what, what the market is, is offering. And so we, that's also a number one priority for us. And then along with our, our breeding initiative, where we're trying to, you know, get some funds to really ramp up sunflower breeding here in the U.S. and, you know, have better hybrids available. So we checked markets this morning. We have Minneapolis wheat down two and three quarter cents for that March contract, seven twenty-five and a half. Chicago wheat for March, a quarter penny lower. And hard red winter wheat, that March contract dropping one and three quarter cents. Some green for the screen on corn, March one and a half higher, four seventy-four and a quarter. And the soybeans, January, five and three quarter cents higher at thirteen eighteen and a quarter. So we check in on the farm calendar. The Lake Region Extension Roundup in Devil's Lake will be January 3rd and 4th. Uh, two days, great speakers, roundtable discussions, panel discussions, uh, a whole lot more going on in Devil's Lake, the Lake Region Extension Roundup. The small grain update meetings on tap early January. Uh, this is for wheat, soybean, and corn producers. On the 9th of January, they'll be in Dilworth. On the 10th, in Ada and Crookston. Uh, Hallock, there'll be uh, a new location there on January 11th. Also in Roseau on the 11th. St. Hilaire on January 12th. Small grain update meetings. Uh, they'll take a look at small wheat, uh, small grain uh, variety performance with Dr. Uh, Joachim Wiersma. They'll talk about uh, white mold, uh, SCN, some soybean issues. Bruce Clavin will be on the schedule as well with a legislative update for Minnesota. Have yourself a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.